The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, beyond, beyond. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode two. Not nah, goddammit. Three hundred. That got two, three, three, two, three. That got it's a palindrome. Get that mic Goes out of my face. In, yeah, yeah, what's up, cheese? This is just a disaster. You come back in 2014, you didn't even hit the play button on this. I'm just a disaster. I'm missing the Dark Knight of News, Andrew Goldfarb. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. I'm going to tell you something. A little upset that uh, Kyle Poso of the New York Islanders didn't make Team USA for the. Uh, the Olympic hockey You've team. Been, is there, that's the first thing you want to really talk about yeah. on the podcast beyond. Yeah. The first podcast beyond of 2014. John Tavares made Team Canada, of course. That made you happy? Oh, of course. Well, I I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. He scored a hat trick last night. I'm way out of my helmet. What happened? That thing's not recording. Oh, oh well, that's probably... Oh, Audio okay. podcast, people. Audio podcast. Here we are. Oh, dear. Wow. Oh, people dear. In- so tell me, uh, why is this a tragedy? Why why is this? Wrong? I don't know. I just feel like Kyle Poso, uh, you know, is, is, has a great year. The Islanders are uh, a team no one cares about, so they... Their players are often ignored. But John Tavares is too good to ignore. He's one of the best players in the entire league. And uh, he had five points last night against the Dallas Stars. Three goals, two assists. Wait, they're still playing? The hockey's still going on? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It goes Christ. on until, like, May. It's going to go on even no, later this year. I haven't seen year. you watch any this year. And last year, it was nonstop. It's just the football. When the football's going on, I never see you watch the hockey. Yeah, the I hockey, watch. The football end, it'll be all about the hockey. Well, so, you see him sleep at night? Once in a while. Yeah, so he's he comes in, Sometimes I, come I wake up and, he, and he's... Well, no, so I, I, wa- I watch, you know, I have an NHL game center on my computer. Um, and I watch games there. And I, I've been having a lot of difficulty, actually, with the East Coast games, like, ruining the scores for myself. So I'm not even mm. wa- really watching those right now because I just follow them on Twitter. I follow the beat writers there. And just, yeah. Because it, it, uh, it's just too complicated you know, for me. So you're watching hockey the way a lot of people watch baseball, just sitting and reading the stats every yeah, day? Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, because I have no choice because the game starts so early. Wow. So you're like a man from the 1940s now. Mm-hmm. Ma- the man from Ipajima yeah. or whatever. Ipanema? The, what was yeah, it? Uh, I, empanada? Empanadas? I don't know. I, right, I really have no idea, but I'm... I'm pretty sure this is just going to get worse and worse if we go down this road. Exactly. So. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you keep downloading the audio podcast. That's you what never it's all know about. what kind of gem you'll get. That's right. What's up? Now, damn it, I fucked up the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, here we go. Let's... Here we go. Everybody on point. On point. Wait, what happened? We're just going to do a beyond, 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 and then a number for this thing. Why? For the video. Oh, okay. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 323. And one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. You know, I got to talk to you about Kyle nope. Poe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the audio podcast if you're watching the video. And next to him, the Wiki Wonder Kid. Greetings. Hi, right, Jared, Jared Petty. is back. You, yeah. This is, you actually made it. We had to scrub your last launch. Oh, yeah, my you throat came was in here bleeding. bleeding out of the throat. You're like, I can still podcast. And I'm like, 
It was the show right before You're break. You're bleeding like, about the throat. God damn, I am not sitting down for an hour with you to talk I, games. I was so disappointed, and it was uh, exactly the right call to make because I was full of disease. Mm, and yeah. uh, I infected several human beings, I'm pretty sure. So okay. I'm a bad coworker. You like yeah. playing Inc. too. Yeah, yeah, totally. A terrible human being to be around. Ah, well, we're back. 2014, a brand yeah. new year. Here I am. So much PlayStation to talk about. So much video games to get into. You excited, Colin? Another year? Another 365 days of Colin Moriarty? Oh, it's great. Yeah, another 365 days of me. Yeah? You excited? What, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you looking forward to? How was your break, Colin? What'd you play? What'd you do? Uh, I played only two games the entire break. Woo! I played... Uh, no, three. Three games. Three games. Yeah. Mm. I played Zelda on 3DS. Fun game. <laughs> kind of a bit of a cop-out, I thought, but fun. Great Too game. much of a link to the past. It's just... It's a link to the past. Like, the same formula, the same setup... You know, intro three dungeons, Hyrule Castle, Dark World, no, non-linear dungeon yeah. set. Like it's the sa- in the same world with the same music and the same characters, and it's like, all right, it's cool. It was great. It was, I, yeah. I I think it's a great game, but not Just, this like game of the year caliber experience that I I thought I was going. Okay, hear. so you just feel like it's it's blown it, that it's a great game that's been referred to as very great is, is yeah that it's just blown argument? way okay. out of proportion okay. like about how good this game is i thought but it was fun it's a great i love i love link to the past and a lot of people who've known me for a long time know that when i got my start on game facts my my link to the past fact is my most popular work that i ever wrote people yeah. still email me about that all the time it's a it's a great fact i wrote that you know if i do say, great, so if I I do say so that's my... i wrote it right after i graduated high school and uh so i have Wonder a I, kid i have a great i have a great place for that that game in my heart you know and i love link to the past uh, I still think Majora's Mask is the best Zelda game by a mile. But uh, Ocarina of Time, son. Ocarina of Time is a great game, but Majora's Mask had that imminence that none of the other games had. It yeah. just felt totally different. It was the first, it was the last time, and that Nintendo, was not necessarily. Oh, sorry. It was the last time Nintendo branched out and tried anything with Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh God, just keep giving him wood, wood shields and wood swords. And he's got no fairy. God, just keep I, doing that. I, I like Majora's Mask, but I, I feel like I about like Majora's Mask, like you feel about Link Between Worlds. Mm, so I was like, this is this is a game that gets way too much credit. It's really good. I mean, there aren't many bad Zelda games. No, it's, it's a really good one, but it, it it probably barely cracks my top five Zelda games. Interesting. Damn. Yeah, my, my top five, I, or my top, yeah, I think I did this on Twitter. My top five Zelda games would uh-huh. be Majora's Mask, Link to the Past, the original. Wow. And then you'd have to go somewhere, like, in the, I don't know, like, you might want to bring Wind Waker in at this point. Mm. And you might even want to bring Zelda 2 in, which is probably the most underrated Zelda wow. game. No, no wow. Ocarina of Time. That, see, that game was really special. It's special the same way Mario 64 was special in yeah. that, like, it's new. It's different, you know? But, like, like just like I think, I honestly think Mario Sunshine is a much better game than Mario 64. Wow. I so, too, think that Majora's Mask is a better game than Ocarina because it, they were able to take that formula and fuck with it a little bit. You How can I mean? you be mm. so wrong about so many things, Colin? Although, uh, although I guess I, I get that question. Now, you're, you're right about Zelda 2, though, because <laughs> I, I, Jose Otero and I were talking this morning about Zelda 2, and thinking about his, uh, we were talking about the best kind of combat in Zelda. One of the things I love about Zelda 2 is I think it is the best combat. Uh, I really do. Yeah, it does. It's that very... shield mechanic. The, you only have five or six maneuvers available to you, but the game is really intricately designed so that every enemy you fight, those five or six mechanics are approached in a different way. Yeah. And I love that. Whereupon he loves Wind Waker's combat, thinks it's the best, for the opposite reason. You have so many options available to you. Uh, and and he loved the fact that you could do so many different things, approach problems so many different ways. I, I thought it was an interesting uh, uh, crossing of ideas there. But no, I'm with you. Zelda Two is it's not the best Zelda game, but it's my favorite Zelda game. Yeah, Zelda Two is Zelda Two is a great game. Yeah. Funny story about Zelda Two, real quick, before we actually talk about PlayStation. I wasn't games, even trying to move. Before you. we even talk about PlayStation games, before we even talk about what PlayStation games, PlayStation, okay. PlayStation. Uh, Don't rub my Goldie's mic. When I when I okay. was Show in college, I, I moved in with a guy that I didn't know, like my third year there, named Doug Dorble. 
and he's a great name. And he's a good friend of mine. I was in his wedding party later. We became really good friends. And uh, I came in. I was wearing my Yankee hat. He had a Red Sox hat on. We had like this kind of contentious intro, and then we ended up being really good friends. I like that theme. But on an emulator, he was playing Zelda 2 and realized when I moved in that he was using my fac for that game. He realized it? Yeah, like, as I like I was moving in, he was playing Zelda 2 and using my fac without knowing that oh, I, had, I had wrote it. I have some great ASCII maps for, for Zelda 2. Okay, though. first yeah. off, what Wuss uses, like, a, ma- a fac for Zelda 2? Well, he... he you're, you're breaking can, the spirit. I can like understand that. that game being a little daunting for people that didn't grow up at the time. Like, oh, it's, it's it. ridiculously arcane. It, 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 it's full of all kinds of hidden things that are in places that you never find unless you just want to wander around for hours. Finding that hidden town, if you forget where it is... Uh, there at the end, you, yep. what, I forget the name of the hidden town. But, I don't remember. Uh, hidden you know. town, the yield yeah. hidden town. Yeah, you have to knock down trees with a hammer, and if you're if you get mixed up and go to the wrong forest, you just wander around knocking trees mm. down with a hammer mm. for half an hour. Okay. Uh, Zelda two. Jared, what did you play over break? I played a few things over break. I played a lot of Spelunky. Ah, uh, which, yes, Spelunky's going around. Everybody's yeah. got the bug. Well, I, I got the, I, I started playing Spelunky back on PC before they did the remake. Um, oh wow! It, okay. Yeah, and and was really bad at it. Uh, I Scott Sharkey at one up uh, turned me on to it, and then picked it back up on Xbox and just played the just played 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 yeah, played. Yeah. And now the Vita version is just so good. I yeah, finally Gold got Farb's, around it. Goldfarb's obsessed with it too. He tweets every night that he just made it to the boss or whatever, and he yeah. died, and then he's back. And was, uh, well, all I played that's it. Hard. I had fun, but I'm not even like no, I'm not even I'm not into it like that. Mm-hmm. I got too many other dumb obsessions to be obsessed with. Well, I like I like roguelikes, and Spelunky's a neat action roguelike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy the genre in general. I, I, I still play Angband, uh, and, and really like that. So uh, Spelunky's much more friendly than that, at least. Sure. And, and really enjoy it. What about you, Greg? What you play over there? Uh, I played a lot of Assassin's Creed, and then I, I played a lot in short bursts. I was traveling a lot. Here's something I want to give an, a good old pat on the back. For that old remote play, I was in Seattle playing my remote playing Assassin's Creed to my console in San Francisco and had no problem. Really, ran, ran just like it runs. I mean, I just be I had, was on really good Wi-Fi in both places. You were on Sucker Punch's elite Wi-Fi. Exactly, I was up Wi-Fi. there. I was doing beta tests and mocap for the Zeke level. They're adding as DLC. <laughs> That'd be awesome if you were Zeke. I'm young mo-cap. Zeke. Um, yeah, but it, it ran great for me. And so I played it in short bursts, and then when I came home one weekend and played it in a giant burst, and then pulled back to see how big the map was again and realized how much work I had ahead of me. And I was like, well, I'll try DC Universe Online. And that was uh, like 50 hours of in-game time, and then I was gone. And so then, tell, us uh, about your, back here. tell us about your DC Universe Online hero. Everything is going great. Taylor Swift's still looking good. We finally were at CR rating 85. We're very excited. Uh, I can start. I, I'm, I got to Gotham Wastelands. I'm down there. I'm getting everything. I'm, I'm getting better armor, better gear. I need to get to CRD six, Colin, of course, so I can start going on the tier yeah, five naturally, raids. Naturally. Get working on the tier five gear and stuff. This fucking game. Yeah, you love it. No, I, that's I, I something it. Uh, that, that, that's all I've seen you play the last yeah. uh, since I got back. Yeah, when you came back, I was already I was already done. I mean, like I'm obsessively playing it again, like ble- bleeding out the eyes, getting exobites, bleeding out the ass. I'd like, to go, back, I'd like <laughs> to go back to Taylor Swift for a minute. Yeah, or, are you playing Taylor Swift? Of course. Is, oh, okay. Yeah, of course. From that, day one, the answer is all day one. Okay, I, day one, minute one. I registered that name. What are I the took powers the day of off work? What are the powers of Taylor Swift? She's a gadget. She's mentored by Superman. She's gadget powers, and then she uh, flies. She's mentored by Superman. That's right. Oh, but Superman's a gadget guy. At least pre-crisis Superman, all kinds of. Is he pre-crisis or post-crisis? It's Superman? post-crisis Superman. Oh, well then he's Pre-new not all gadgety. Well, no, you don't need to do that though. Oh, it's just, okay. I mean, like you, what you're breaking down there as far as like it doesn't matter. I don't Why would he mentor? Like that doesn't make any sense. I wanted, I wanted the Superman gear. I wanted. Why I knew my armor would have because that's how the game. Giant was. key with Batman <laughs> hit inside it. Superman. That Superman, I could see mentoring gadgets, but like modern. It's not about. It's, he's not giving you advice on how to use your gadgets. Well, then what kind of man- mentor is he? He's telling you where to go and help people. This game sounds like. 
I, I, I'm sorry. I, don't, I can't touch this. This does not make any sense to me <laughs> at all. You're welcome to go be a uh, gadget mentored to- by Batman. It's a total... Right? Just, just in what I've observed from this game when I've observed quite heads, yeah. I was going to say heads up how many hours do you think you've observed as you walk in and out of a room oh just playing? even when you were you played it throughout the entire football weekend next to the <laughs> fucking TV you had two 40 something inch screen TVs next to each other so I'm, I'm looking over there terrible cut scenes going on where guys are like I don't hear the voice acting but yeah, I guess yeah, there's yeah. some sort of story going they on emote, here they emote ridiculous very... conversations going on in the chat box yeah, yeah, yeah. that don't make any sense yeah this game is something else. Actually, that kind of sounds like working here. Just ridiculous conversations that don't make chance sense and people emoting. That's, that's why, why I just, that's why I just go right in the conference room now. One of my yeah. favorite things, yeah, Colin from the the break was him walking into the room and just reading aloud the chat box. L4G, troll for gates. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just a quick shout out before we get into the Roper Report and all these sure. things. Uh, two other games I played. One I can't t- talk too much about. I played a Ooh. lot of Danganronpa, um, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, on PS Vita, and that comes out in February. Uh, we'll have a preview of that soon. But a game you can buy right now is Mutant Muds Deluxe. Oh, yeah. And uh, this game is very, very good. Yeah, it's fun. Um, if you're an old-school gamer. If you're not an old-school gamer, don't even go anywhere near it. Are we talking old-school what kind of gamer? Like it's a it's a action, side-scrolling action platformer, but it's like a collect-a-thon. And like, what's really cool is that like there are all these gems that you you find in the environment that you have to collect all of them and you can go through the stage without collecting any of them but the whole kind of obsessiveness of getting all 100 in every stage kind of okay. comes in and the game's like not doesn't have a great variety and it, it's not the greatest game in the world but it's just it's just really really fun uh, and I think that old school game was really like you can buy it I think for 10 bucks cross buy on PS3 and Vita. Now, are we talking about like DuckTales gems where they're invisible and hidden in corners? No, 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 actually no, no, no. See them. You can okay. see them. They're That's not, nice. they're not really right. that hidden. And what's really cool is that you jump like into the foreground and then into the background. Yeah, and that all was these really cool when I played like, it. I really like that. Like Guardian Heroes style? Uh, yeah, in a way. Uh, like, it's a little more uh, uh, emphasized, I would say, in the sense that it's being, I think, trying to be a little more dramatic and pixely. I think it's doing it more for the effect of how it looks. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think you will enjoy these games if you are an old school gamer. Uh, so I'm going to give a shout out to that game because it was on, it's been on Wii U and 3DS, I think, for do, quite some time. Do the pixels get all chunky when it jumps into the foreground? Yeah, like, like an like, old, like, raster graphic? Yeah, like, you are really big when you're in the foreground. Oh, I like uh, that. So, like, it, it scales. It's not just like you're jumping in and then it, like, re- resets it so it's, like, it looks normal. It, you are, like, blocking everything in the background. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game. And okay. I spent a lot of time with that game. I'm going to play that. Well, good. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's PlayStation Podcast, the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Uh, there are nine items on the list. Nine items. Uh, so let's get into it, Greg. Let's do it. Number one, today at CES, Sony revealed that PlayStation 4 sold to customers 4.2 million consoles between November 15th and December 28th. Those sales come from North America, Central and South America, Europe, and select other territories. PS4 has yet to launch in its home territory of Japan. That's coming up. Uh, when I was coming in, they also revealed, and I wrote the story real quick before I came in, uh, 9.7 million games sold during that time. Mm. Uh, 2.3 per console. Nice. So there you go. Not uh, bad. To put this number in perspective, this is like a quarter of what the Wii U's done, right? Yes, this is a quarter of what the Wii U's done. No, I tweeted. I tweeted out. So, what's 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 interesting is that I, don't I just know, wanted to see how you how your brain would process that. Uh, so, I think we know in the same time period or similar time period, give or take a few days, that Xbox One sold three million. Uh-huh. Um, and what I thought was more interesting was that Wii U. I think we we have three point nine million units of Wii U by the end of September, and we kind of extrapolated based on. Uh, range of data that it's more around like 4.2 or 4.3 million through November, yeah. uh, which means that uh, P- 
PS4 sold in about six weeks what Wii U sold in over a year, um, which is insane. Especially because the console is more expensive. It has, I would assume, fewer games available that are mm-hmm. compelling exclusives. Yeah. Because um, Wii U had Zombie U, and, uh, which I know you didn't like, but a lot of people, yeah, I no, guess, like that game. And, uh, a lot of people have you know, Mario and stuff like that. It. So um, I thought that that was really interesting. PS4 is uh, about to probably outsell the Vita soon, too. Um, so yeah, comparatively, for context, yeah, that's where it sits right now. It's going to uh, pass the Wii U, I think, in lifetime sales probably in the next month. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. Today at CES, Sony also revealed PlayStation Now, a significant push forward for the PlayStation brand. Now is basically what they bought Gaikai for for $380 million in 2012 and will allow the playing of PlayStation 3 games on PS4 and PS Vita, as well as TVs, smartphones, and tablets. Details are scarce right now, but what we know is this. It will be a subscription service. Those who don't want to subscribe can rent games, and now will support trophies and online multiplayer. The beta begins in late January, and the service will roll out this summer. Okay, I got a question about that right away. Uh, And I'm sure this is brought up many, many times here, but... Where's the bandwidth going to come from? The cloud. Well, yeah, I understand the cloud. Where Where's the infrastructure to make this work going to come from? The I, cloud. I love, I love the idea. I want this to happen. But but is there enough out there to do this? I mean, streaming games, it's a lot of data back yeah, and forth. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's a good question. It's a fair question. It's I, probably going to cost you whatever, whatever this is. Uh, my assumption is that I have two assumptions that might answer this question, right? This might be tied into PlayStation Plus in which they increase the price of PlayStation Plus. Never. That's not going to happen, no. right? So this will be a separate subscription. Not never, but not this time. That might cost $20 or more a month, maybe. I don't know. It's just I'm just putting that number out there. Don't, yeah, yeah. don't quote me on that. And if so, then this pays for at least the server-side problems that you're talking sure. about. The, the, the major issue that you're talking about is more infrastructure-based exactly. problems uh, of data streaming. But that also assumes that people aren't already using a ton of data on, you know, when you stream a television show or something like that. Oh, Obviously, yeah. there's not a lot of back-and-forth pinging going on when you're doing that, but... How many people are really going to use this that it's going to really flex the infrastructure of? of I will yeah. use enough to screw it up for everyone. Mm. If they make <laughs> if, if they make this work, the idea of being able to go to back catalogs on uh, on a fairly hardware agnostic uh, uh, system, yeah. I, this is the I, dreams come true. Uh, this is this is what I want to happen. I also I, I I believe it's possible technologically. I'm just worried about infrastructure. I really am. I, I wonder if uh, how long it's going to be before this becomes an unhiccupy service. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the big question. Is how, yeah, I mean, even like now, what I was talking about at the beginning of the show, right? Like, my remote play experience was fantastic, but there's people who are like, I'm 50 miles away from my house and I can't get it to work. And, you know, I mean, there are all these different issues as far as what you're doing. We just did a conversation about a column nine. I mean, for me, the interesting thing is that you're eliminating the middleman, right? Like, right now with the Vita to PS4, right, we're still having to beam to something else to get to something else. Whereas mm-hmm. now we're just beaming back and forth from point A to point B. Yeah. You'd hope that that would be able, if, as long as you're on a good Wi Fi connection, you're okay. Yeah. But it's who the, the hell knows? Wi Fi connection that concerns me, or not, pardon, not the Wi Fi, it's the connection between wherever you're, you're beaming, you know, it's, it's, from Sony to there, that worries me. Yeah. I, I, is that connect- what they don't have control over? I mean, Sony's right. not going to build us a new internet that's that's better and faster. Where and I understand they? we move all kinds of data along our internet. It's always expanding. But the, yeah, I know it's shocked everyone. But uh, I, I do have some concerns uh, about um, how long it'll be before this is stable service. I absolutely believe it's going to happen. Yeah, I am thrilled. How do you guys feel about it? I it's exciting. It's, it's great. Yeah, it seems really cool. Like I, that, you know. I, we were lucky enough to have played a lot of PlayStation 3 stuff, but if it can get 
The Last of Us in more people's hands. You know, I mean, if you can get Journey in more people's hands, it sounds like a great idea. Especially for all these people who just bought PlayStation 4s who didn't have PS3s or didn't use their PS3 that much, right? Like, this is an awesome revenue-generating service for Sony. And I, I love that they're getting revenue. I also love the custodianship angle of this. This opens doors for I, – I, I love Sony, but this opens doors for everybody sooner or later to create the kind of content services where we can go back and find – I'm so worried about access to the classics. Uh, not just what we consider classics, but 20 years from now, you know, the video game industry doesn't always do a very good job of preserving the best of its history. Right. And this this is early Hollywood. You know, this is this is Charlie Chaplin era right yeah. now. We're still yeah, yeah. so early on. Someday it's going to be great for people to be able to go back and touch this stuff. And this may be the best way to make that happen. That's what really excites me is the long term prospect. So I don't really mm. care if it works next year. But I want it to work in 10 yeah, so that yeah. I can go back to the PS3, the PS2, the PS1 and share these wonderful experiences and say, you know, this is where we came from. Yeah. Like, That'll be the exciting thing is iterating on it. Sharing those ex- those exciting PS1 classics like Pandemonium and Devil Dice or whatever those Shop Shop Deluxe. Ooh, Devil Dice. That's some good stuff right uh, there. I agree with Super everything you said. It was very well put. Uh, I think that this is a game changer. What, what, what a lot of people have been saying online and even in the office was, how does Sony get it so much now? Like, how, like, what happened over there? Like, PS3, what, man. They like, got schooled, and they brought in new people. Like, they're really Adam learning. Boys and yeah, stuff. they're and really learning. Shane and everybody else. All the people they brought in were our contemporaries, right? The mm. people who are were either with us in this, you know, this side of the industry, and in, in, you know, covering Sony's feelings, or in another company seeing Sony flounder, right? And so Sony knows they had their PlayStation, the brand new, that needed to change, and it brought in all these people who are down for change. Right, and I, I think that. That's true, and I think that people that had PlayStation 3 throughout its history, you know, throughout its its years on the market like you and I had been covering it, know that PS3 got stronger and stronger and stronger yeah, yeah. and stronger, and that the library was always there, even from the beginning with Fall of Man and, like, you know, Motorstorm and all these games, all the way through to The Last of Us. There are great games there, but the perception issue was overwhelmingly negative for PS3. PlayStation Network crashed and didn't help, uh, all these kinds of things. But they're slowly, with moves like this, starting to get that they need to democratize their brand more and get it away from ps4 and ps vita but by doing that can actually support ps4 and ps vita because what i what i see here is someone has a bravia tv right and they're playing ps3 games and i assume that this is going to work with the playstation network somehow and give you access to what's already on psn because all the games that they're testing at ces are on psn digitally and they're talking about you getting trophies like guess what even if you have a tv and you set this up you're getting a playstation network account i think i know what you're driving at go ahead so well so this will all tie in, and what, what we might find is that a guy, you know, your friend just plays The Last of Us on the TV, and he's like, this is really great. This might sell a PS4 for him, because yeah. he's like, well, I can't play these this next Naughty Dog game, this next great-looking infamous or whatever game on PS3, so this drives sales. And I think for Vita, it's even more essential, because just like Vita will be driven a little bit by PS4's remote play, if people are playing these games with some sort of control solution on a touchscreen, then the Vita might be more compelling to them, because they might be like, you know what, fuck it, like, I'm just going to go buy a Vita, this is awesome, and so, like... I can play these old games with, with dual analog sticks and, it's, and it's, yeah. buttons. So. It's the same thing we talked about with PlayStation 4, right? That that was in a, the Trojan horsing the Vita into your life. You, mm-hmm. you buy a PlayStation 4, you want to play Call of Duty multiplayer, you buy PlayStation Plus. All of a sudden, all these Vita games are stacking up, right? And you're like, well, if I buy a Vita right now on this Black Friday sale, I'm going to have seven games already that I've already you know saved or done. I might as well. Yeah. And you make that jump. And it's the same thing here, right? You get this. You only play Last of Us. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, Naughty Dog's awesome. And I do have these trophies and a couple of friends. That's really cool. Why don't I try? You know, Why don't I jump and get yeah. PlayStation 4? Hey, and I, this kind of speculation, uh, there's always a degree of irresponsibility to it. But I, I do nah, want to ask you, that's all the show it. is. Oh, no, not, not what you guys said. What you said, I said makes perfect sense. What I, what I want to ask, uh, I, I, I totally agree. But the, this speculative question, I mean, I read your uh, 
uh, things I want to see in 2014 or hopes call, uh, thing we did uh, this week, Colin. What are the odds for Vita at this point, if you were going to give it a percentage? They're not good. I mean, the odds for what? Surviving? Or... Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it, it, will, it, will, it will I don't exist. think it's going anywhere. No, I don't think it's going to go anywhere yeah. either. I think it has a few years at least left in it, but... I think it's already in that mid to late PSP life cycle era where it's getting role-playing games and Japanese games. Mm-hmm. And so this small niche of people will support it. Now, I can tell you that Vita's got games coming that no one knows about yet. And that, you know, that there are a lot of Vita games coming in 2014 that will, um, you know, will amount to a, a great library, actually. Because I'm, I'm working on a piece now where it's like, I, I went through all the Vita games that are coming out this year. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of them. And I, I narrowed it down to 30, and there are still Vita games that, you know, are out there in the ether uh, that we, you know, that I had to leave off the list that we don't know about yet, that mm-hmm. we haven't learned about yet, that might, you know, get pushed back and forth. Um, games as big as Borderlands 2, but as small as, you know, something like... Uh, I don't know, like Hyperdimension Neptunia PP or like all these different kind of, you know, pers- the Persona 4 dancing game. Like all these weird games are going to come out. A lot of Japanese support. And Vita's picking up in Japan quite considerably. It's selling like between 50 and 75 mil- or million, a uh, thousand units per week. Yeah. Which is huge. That's good news for um, us. So I think that Vita's going to be fine, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be PSP. Uh, it's not ever going to compete with 3DS. And we have to keep our, our expectations realistic that this thing might sell ultimately. 12 to 15 million units or something but that the attach rate on vita is so high it's extraordinarily high yeah, yeah. that like over it's like a dozen games or something like that per vita which is insane i easily own that yeah. on mine yeah totally. so they're making money on the back end and this is kind of what i'm saying is that this is smart because this kind of move with playstation now suggests a sort of cannibalization of their hardware but actually it's really cleverly supports the hardware yeah and most of the money they're really making is in the revenue garnered from first party games and third party licenses it's another so, revenue stream yeah. to keep them going to where they can keep taking so chances this is very, smart. very cool guys. Guys. This Very is what cool. we're talking about. At, you know, I always talk about at not last E3 or the Wonder Book E3, right? Where they snuck in that PlayStation Mobile thing, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "Why are they talking about PlayStation Mobile?" And I'm like, "That's the future of their business, right? This is them moving forward with that. Like, it, this is totally that thing of at any point, think about it. They they're to the point now. They have an, they're working out right now the baby infrastructure so that one day when they do have to say, "Fuck it, we're out of the console market. Everything's on the you know this PlayStation now. It's all there. You know what I mean? Like that's how you, they go forward. And when Naughty Dog can just make you a game that'll be on your TV, that's why they have all these first party studios. You know more than anybody else. Yep, it's 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 smart. Yep. And I'm interested to see how this evolves. And I'm interested if we get you know bad news about it like we usually do with announcements like this, <laughs> such as such and... as the Vita memory card. <laughs> Number three. Ubisoft has revealed that Far Cry, the Wild Expedition, will be coming to PS3 as well as Xbox 360 and PC on February 11th in North America. The Wild Expedition is a compilation that combines Far Cry, Far Cry 2, Far Cry 3, and Far Cry Blood Dragon, Blood and will cost $39.99. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I liked Far Cry 2. I didn't play too much of it. I never played the original. Far Cry 3 was awesome. Far Cry 3 was amazing, yeah. Um, so it's a good way for people to get in on that. I know people, I think Mitch specifically lives and dies by that series. So. He does. Um, now he can just play Assassin's Creed, though. Number four. Sega has officially revealed its next Alien game. It's called Alien Isolation, and it will come to PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, and PC later this year. Isolation is under development at Creative Assembly and will heavily borrow from Ridley Scott's 1979 original movie. Uh, That's good news. Yeah. We'll see. I I just love how cautious the internet is about this today. Granted, it was immediately overshadowed by this PlayStation stuff, but a lot of people were just like, believe when I see it. You know, it was, pe- people have reason to be cautious after what happened last time. But, yeah. uh, you know, I like the idea of this. Uh, going way back in time, uh, there was an old 
The first Alien game that I know about was a Commodore 64 title. There was an Atari one, too. I don't know which one came first, actually. Anyway, there's this Commodore 64 one, and it's like a horror strategy game. Really simple, but the whole thing was built around the fact that you couldn't really fight the alien, and that there was tremendous tension, and it did this wonderful thing where uh, uh, it randomized which character had which characteristics. It randomized who the android was. It randomized who was going to freak out. Yeah, it yeah. Random- and it was, uh, you know, I, I heard about this first through one up and went and grabbed an emulator and played it. No. And it was, um, it's amazing. It's hard as all, but it's amazing because it's tense. This is on a little blocky screen with 16 colors and, and a terrible resolution. And by making it a horror game and making you feel helpless, they made this little C64 game frightening to take that kind of gameplay design, modernize it, and make it beautiful, atmospheric, and frightening. Please give me that. Please give me that. So I, I want this. I love what I hear him saying. It could turn out to be a grease fire. Yeah. But, man, I'm excited about it. Right now they're saying all the right things. Yeah. Well, Gearbox has nothing to do with it, so. Yeah. So I mean, it's the Gearbox's fault that that happened, you know, to the last Alien game. Yeah. So it's, you know, as long as they're not involved with it and they're focusing on what they care about, which is Borderlands, then... Um, we assume I don't even know what they're working on actually, but Borderlands three I would assume. I guess. You yeah. assume so. Are, yeah. There are not enough good horror games, and Alien fundamentally is a haunted house story. Oh you, yeah, where you can't get out of the house, <laughs> and, and that's that's, that's or the outside I'll... of the house is space and kills you. Yeah, exactly, and that's what makes it brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. what and makes I, that movie so good. Yeah, I agree. It is one of the greats, as far as I know. I'm not too up on movies as we talked about before. You don't watch every movie. No, you're still missing a few. You, you yeah. miss some every now and then. Oh, I don't. I'm not too much of a movie guy. Oh, okay. Like, I, well, recently, I, I, I've seen everything I've wanted to see probably from the '80s, mid '70s, '80s, mm-hmm. '90s. But there was a time where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too expensive. I relate. I don't watch TV. Oh yeah, see, I watch a lot of serials on TV. Oh yeah, Down Abbey. Your stories. I like my stories. Uh, before I get going, because I forgot to put it on here, didn't Turtle Rock also, uh, uh, uh right, that's the studio's name, right? Am I, am I, no, I'm making that up. They were talking is that, about Turtle no, Rock. Yeah. Is that a oh, studio yeah. or a Zelda dungeon? No, yeah, Turtle, <laughs> Turtle Rock is the studio that, is that right, that made, that Left 4 Dead, isn't that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah, okay, you're, yeah. You're, you're nailing it, you're doing they, it. They announced, uh, a, they announced a new game, yeah. Yeah, Evolve. So you can go to Game Informer, that, they'll have the information on that, but that, that cover looks fucking awesome. Uh, red, it's, yeah, blood it's, red and like all yeah. how many play is it a team of four versus a monster and the monster gets better every time you kill it and so that it, it goes from being I don't even know is that what it was uh, I didn't read anything I'll look up it. the story yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what you just said but but I'm intrigued now. I don't know what the fuck you just said little man that was a Were THQ game I think that uh, by the way that was purchased for like 10 million dollars just to have the rights to it so they must have saw something that was pretty cool uh, number five uh, interestingly Metal Gear Solid 5 has received a quote sexual violence end quote rating from the ESRB only the second game to receive the rating the other game was Anamundi Dark Alchemist a PC game released in 2006 the ESRB explanation reveals that quote the game includes an audio file in which a female character is sexually assaulted by male characters while there is no visual depiction sounds of ripped clothing and struggle can be heard end quote interesting such a scene would usually receive ESRB's AO adults only tag but is saved from that rating due to its implying of sexual violence and not actually showing it Hmm. Um, I thought that that was Interesting, yeah, and totally out of left field, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, I don't know if there's much really to talk about there, but I saw that story, I was like, that's a little. It's going to it. depend on how they engage. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, 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 that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. n- nothing's off, ba- nothing's off bounds or out of bounds, out of bounds. for for a uh, for story fiction, but yeah. yeah, for fiction, of course. And it's about, I know, um, it's not even about taste. It's about like how, like, is it important? What's your or you're just doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah and, and how you approach it isn't always as important as, or pardon me, the, 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 the 
graphic nature of how you approach something isn't necessarily as important as, as what you're saying with it. I mean, right. Tomb Raider gets all weird and, and rapey at one point, and it's... No uh, rapey. just gets weird. Well, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, the, I don't appreciate the implication that, that Laura's transformation takes place because a man does something to her. Yeah. You know, that bugged me a lot more than, than what the graphicness of the scene might have been or might not have been just because of the message it gave. If this is used to, to promote the story in a good way, it's going to be great. If it doesn't, it could be really infuriating. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think that we, we've talked about this before with The Last of Us, but the, the scene with David and Ellie when they're in the burning diner, when right. there's like really... Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. When there are really... There are like there's almost a sexual implication with what he's doing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, the story I was telling. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you no, make your point. The story I always tell, right, is that I was playing. I, I had you'd given me the copy of the Last of Us, so we're the weekend before it's out. But I don't. I haven't played it yet. And Nolan North is coming through for Deadpool, and and Caleb's like, "Can I spoil something for you?" And he's like, "He's David in the game. You totally need to talk to him." I'm like, all right, tell me everything about David. And he, Caleb ran me through everything that you know. He attacks Ellie, does all the stuff, yada yada yada. Never mentioned any kind of sexual assault. And then when I was interviewing Nolan about it, Nolan came and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, they came to me. And like, how would you want to – this is up on IGN. I'll embed it in the article. He's like, you know, they, Naughty Dog was like, you know, well, you know, how would you want to play this character? And when they broke it down for him and he played it, he, you know, when he's rehearsing it and doing it, he's, he knows David's motivation is to rape Ellie. That is very clear in his head as a character. You know what I mean? And so that was one of those things. Playing through it, I don't know if I would have gone that way. Because at the end, right, Ellie gets cradled by Joel and and she starts, she's like heaving and sobbing. And he's like, he tried, he tried. And like, I was going to, he tried to kill you, right? At least that's what I would have read the scene as if I didn't have the backstory of how Nolan North knew his character and how he played it and how it was pitched. Mm. But I'm I'm glad you say that because The Last of Us at least has the approaches that, you know, it's very self aware. You're talking to somebody, an actor who's got something in their head. I think what might, Frighten some people about Metal Gear in this. This is a game that's already drawn some attention for the sexualization Quiet. of female characters. Right. Um, that doesn't exactly instill confidence that other sexual subject matter is going to be treated with good writing, thought, care. Obviously, we don't have any right to, to, to point barrels at him yet and say, hey, you've done something wrong here. I do think that's why people are nervous. Uh, it's not exactly like they've given us a lot of reason to think that they handle sexual, sexual subject matter with complexity in most Metal Gear games. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what worries me. Yeah, that's true. I guess the point I'm trying to make just in general by taking something like that has a great narrative like The Last of Us is that had a per- like served a purpose and it wasn't even about taste or how it was presented. It just served a purpose to to bring Ellie along on her own journey or whatever, that this was mm-hmm. something that happened. And this is something, frankly, like that kind of stuff is, you know, it's like the road, right? Like, yeah. they don't implicitly talk about it too much in the book, but in, you know, I was watching the movie with my girlfriend this this past weekend because she had never seen it or even read the book, and that's yeah. like one of my favorite books. I thought you um, hadn't seen the movie either. Did you see the movie? No, I saw the movie. Oh. Yeah, I had seen it. Oh, and, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, it's it's okay. But it, but they they do the the scene where the wife is like, you know, Charlie's there. Yeah, Charlie's there, is is like they're gonna rape me and they're gonna rape my child and they're gonna kill us. And it's like Jesus Christ, you know, like that's like she just says it right, yeah. and like it's like very almost nonchalant. But when you think about that world, that post-apocalyptic, horrible world where yeah. there's nothing left, there's just complete desolation, like that's a real threat for everyone, and that's horrifying. And even so, Book of Eli deals with it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, just the, the roving gangs of horrible people right. on the road. It's it's a real threat in contemporary life. How much more so when people can openly carry weapons? Right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you yeah. and I, or we're we're men, we're much less likely to be exposed to to sexual violence. But it's such a real well, thing. And, you and I. 
Oh, well. Uh, I'll push Not going on. down that road. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, the, this is it's, it's a very real part of life now. And in a, in a world where people could openly bear weapons and there were very few legal repercussions, I, I can't even imagine what it must have been like. Think about, you, you're a historian. You know what happened after ancient cities were sacked. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I appreciated that Cormac McCarthy in that interpretation of the road, because it doesn't go so, so far into it in the book. Was able to say, was able to portray the darkness, the real direness of that situation. And that was what I, I loved about The Last of Us, was there was always this implication, even though it was never said, that you're playing as a young girl who can't, can't really defend herself in this fucking horrible situation. And they dared to kind of insinuate that, you know, this could happen to her, you know, yeah. and that it, it served a purpose. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying is that there's no out of bounds with, with, with that if you do it with a, for a reason. It's not, and like, so it's not about taste or, or preference. It's just about what serves the story. And in The Last of Us yeah. and in The Road, that served the story. And so we'll see, like you said, in Metal Gear, you, it probably maybe won't serve the story. But well, I, I don't want to put words in Konami's yep. mouth here. Yep. I, it could turn out great. But yep. I'm, I'm, I think people are nervous because of the other sexual treatment. For sure. And it's daring subject matter that's, uh, that's difficult to tread on regardless and is very controversial regardless. But fiction's fiction, you know, and, and you know, hard issues are just as, as important to deal with, I think, as the run-and-gun, bloody, gory bullshit sure, sure, that we sure. play every day. Here, here. Hey, you want some Evolve information? Sure. I was right. Uh, this is from the IGN News Story. As it's only available on next-gen systems, Evolve is promising to offer a new kind of multiplayer experience. Clearly taking inspiration from its previous project, Left 4 Dead, Evolve is a sci-fi multiplayer-focused shooter that will pit four player, a four-player crew of alien hunters against a separate player-controlled monster that increases in strength over a series of matches. So theoretically, in the beginning, you're beating the hell out of the monster, and then by the end, you're running from the monster, which sounds cool. That does sound cool. Number yep. six. Plus, we never got Left 4 Dead on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure that would happen. Number six. 2K has confirmed that its MLB play- baseball series will no longer proceed as the company hasn't renewed its license with Major League Baseball. This means that Sony's exclusive MLB The Show franchise and development yearly at Sony San Diego is now the only officially licensed baseball game, making MLB a PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation Vita exclusive moving forward. That, that will probably only exist for, I assume, a year. You, you have to imagine someone else is going to get involved in that. Um but that's interesting because if you're a baseball fan and you want realistic MLB baseball, you're going to have to buy a PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and those games sell. They sell very well. Yeah. They yeah. sell better on PS3 alone than MLB sold on all the platforms alone. I really hope somebody picks that up quick because I, I hate what monopolistic licensing does to, to NFL games. I mean, their their games, the, the fact that there's no competition in sure. for years. Ugh. Yeah, but but that's different because Sony didn't pick up the MLB license as an exclusive. It's now just de facto the only company doing it. I know. It. I just I just EA wanted, did that. I totally yeah. agree. This is a different situation. I just don't want it to ever become that. Uh, that, that it won't. It won't. Yeah, it won't. yeah I'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn here, but no, no, I, don't, no. I don't want to see that happen ever. How again. dare you talk about Christian Phillips like that? Number seven. <laughs> Long in development third person shooter, Devil's Third from Dead or Alive creator Tomonobu Itagaki. It's about 80% completed. Itagaki revealed in t- uh, that 2014 is the year Devil's Third will finally launch and that they're putting the finishing touches and polish on the product as we speak. This will be Valhalla Game Studios' very first release and is a PS3 and Xbox 360 game as opposed to being next gen. We'll see if that's any good. Sick all these current old gen games now, I guess. I want more current gen. Yeah, I want current gen. Give me like current gen. They're going to be disappointed with number eight. Rumors are circulating that Ubisoft's very promising-looking game, The Division, may be delayed until 2015. The source told this to website Game Reactor, which claimed that while the game's engine works great, the game's development has barely started at all. Whether or not this is true remains to be seen. Ubisoft has not returned our email for comment. What they're basically saying is that the engine is running, and they got it working really well, but that the world is not built. 
Right. Like, right, right, know, right, right, right. Like, now you have to make it. So I'm fine. With, I, I'm still – I give Ubisoft a lot of rope. Go. Take, take your time. Your games are making money. It's not like you need to get something out the door to, like, survive or whatever, right? Like, take your time. I'm sure – Hopefully this Assassin's Creed will be good too. Whatever Assassin's Creed Five is this year, Black Flag Two or whatever the end of it is. But go ahead, every yeah. I, Watch Dogs. I can wait. Like I'm probably in the minority, but I, I can wait for Watch Dogs and uh, I've already forgotten Division as long as you know, as long as it takes. It, it's not like these guys aren't making these things as fast as they can. You right. Know? Right, like, right, 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 right. Please make them make them well. I, sure, yeah. great. Thank you for having the courage to delay. Right. Yeah, Ubisoft's got to get its, its shit in order, though, with, with scheduling because sure. this happened to Watch Dogs already, too. Well, yeah, they yeah. just announced way too early. You know what I mean? And it, But, it, you know, it was a calculated move that worked, I think, you know, at least at least in Mindshare, right? Like, Watch Dogs, you'd see, you, I, we kept seeing the same E3 demo repackaged in, at every show. And people would still come on and be like, Watch Dogs looks awesome. That's the next gen. I'm, I'm going to buy the PlayStation 4 Watch Dogs. You know what I mean? Like, it worked where people were like, totally into that game and then heartbroken that it didn't come out but I don't see I haven't seen people saying well fuck Watch Dogs now I'm not <laughs> buying it you know what I mean yeah I'm excited that they're they're polishing uh, number 9 just a little piece of news don't, don't Starve which launched this week on Playstation 4 may also come to PS Vita the game's developer Clay noted on Twitter that the studio is looking into bringing it to Vita Don't Starve is free for Playstation Plus subscribers in North America on PS4 upon launch that's today. Yep. That's right now. Yep. Whoa. I'm a big fan of Don't Starve, at least from, not from the PC version. I never played the PC. It slipped by me. Mm-hmm. But I played it at the PlayStation 4 launch event, and we got a developer walkthrough and played a couple rounds with them. Totally excited to go home tonight and play it. Cool. Speaking of going home tonight, Greg Way, what else has come to the PlayStation Store this week and real stores, Mom and Grop? There's no gold farbs. There's no yeah, do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, <laughs> it's a slow week. Nothing at retail. Uh, for PS4, Don't Starve, which, again, is free for PlayStation Plus. Uh, for PS3, Tiny Brains, which is already on PS4 and is not very good, comes out. <laughs> uh, and Twisted Land Shadow Town is also out on PS3. PSP gets a game what? this week. What? What God Eater Burst is it this time? It's not. It's not a Japanese game. Street Kicks Freestyle is a PSP game playable on PS Vita. Okay, see yourself out. Yeah. Street I don't understand. Street Kicks play style? Street Kicks K-I-X. Oh, it's K-I-X. Intercap. Like the cereal. Yes, like the cereal. Freestyle. Huh. That's good cereal. Yeah, well, like his kicks stuff. was really good. Yeah. I like Berry Kicks. Remember that? I do remember Berry, Berry, Berry Kicks. kicks. It's kind of was... like Kicks with Captain Crunch mixed in it. Yeah, like, it, was yeah. Di- it was dynamite. It was pretty good. Colin. Yes. Blow the dust off of this. We got a topic of the week. This one comes from Codename Ninja. He didn't want us to use his real name. Said we couldn't use his real name. Why, you might ask? Well, he says beyond. Beyond. I beyond. just got out of prison after a year and have no idea what is going on in the PlayStation world. Can you give me a rapid-fire update about everything PlayStation that happened in the last year? Also, what is going on with the Beyond crew? Also, I got a PlayStation Vita for a coming-home gift. <laughs> what games do I need to own? Also, P.S., what the fuck? No SOCOM? <laughs> He's missed a lot, Colin. Why were you in prison for a year? It happens. Yeah, I, I, bad things happen. Yeah, apparently. Um, so, what happened? They launched the PlayStation 4. It's been... In the last year, PlayStation 4 was announced and then launched. It's been a rousing success. Yep. Uh, Sony tr- uh, totally pants Microsoft at E3 in this awesome press conference you should go watch. But then Microsoft went back on everything, so then it's kind of a more even race. Uh, the Last we- of Us came out. Yeah, Last of Us came out. That was Dynamite. That was a great one. One of the great and, games of the generation. And if you want to play good games for the next few months at least, you're probably going to do better just buying games for that Vita, I think. Uh, yeah, buy a PlayStation Plus and then yeah. Yeah, get all that. You Make sure you get on that right away. Beyond Two Souls came out. Yeah. Uh, not, not good. Yeah, didn't, didn't go over well. Uh, very, de- very divisive on if you like it or you hate it. Yeah, no, that game, man. No. <laughs> yeah, no. No, thanks. Um, what else? I watched the ending of it, by the way. You didn't, you didn't play it? 
I played through to the no. I, we've talked about this, yeah. haven't we? Right. Uh, I played Beyond Two Souls, and I was like, I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun. A person asked me, "Where are you going? Where are you going?" By the way, and I say, "Truth." And she goes, "I don't know." And I said, "Done." The character <laughs> in the game doesn't know where she's going. You just want me to wander around not having fun on Navajo Ranch? Yeah, that was see ya. That was done. Bye. That was a bizarre. Game. Not. I will watch because like my whole thing was like, if I'm gonna play this game and my choices, me saying truth or lie or whatever, doesn't influence anything. Like you know, what I mean, like at least mm-hmm. I always talk about Walking Dead being a coloring book, right? We're all getting to the same ending. We all have the same photo, but we shade it differently. But for real, with her answers, it was like. Remember, oh no, there's a commentary up on IGN where me and Brian are playing and we're like talking to this guy and he's hitting on us and we're like, fine, we'll just tell him the truth the whole way through. And I finally get to the big reveal and I have a ghost following me around, by the way, at all times. They can do whatever I say. And the guy goes, oh, I love this song. Let's dance. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're going to dance no matter what. And I just revealed to you a fucking ghost follows me around. And you're like, no big deal. Let's go dance. Do you remember what it was like to be a teenager, Greg? Yeah, I I love this song. Yeah. Your mom's dead. No, I love this Weezer jam. But you're absolutely right. I I tried so hard to like that game. But uh, maybe back to – he's probably wondering why we're we're talking about this, though. Maybe we should tell him a little bit more about what happened this year. Uh, That was fine. Now he knows Beyond Two Souls. But a lot, of, yeah. a lot of people love Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, they do. All I'm saying is that I, I was really down on Beyond Two Souls for like a really long time, <laughs> and then and then I played a demo that was really good, and I was like, oh, maybe yeah. it's not as bad as I thought. No, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I was just imagining this guy sitting there like, why are you talking about Beyond Two Souls? I just got out of prison. We just we just stumbled upon <laughs> <laughs> this one landmine. We're stuck uh, on it. So Vita, good big Vita games came out this year. Guacamelee. Soul Sacrifice, Guacamelee. Yeah, yeah, Guacamelee, Dragon's Crown, yeah. Kill Zone, oh, Mercenary, Tearaway. Uh, lots of good stuff. If you there. went to pr- oh, he, if you went to prison for a year and you're just out now, I mean, you should probably still pick up Persona. You didn't you didn't beat Persona before you went away and you just got your Vita. Yeah. So get that. Yeah, Nino Cooney. Oh, Nino Cooney. Uh, also came out when you were uh, Tomb Raider's a fun when you were. Well, is the terminology in the clink? Yeah, they, they, that's in the true. clink. That's true. When, when you were in the clink, in the slammer. When you got pinched. When you got pinched. <laughs> Did you ride in the paddy wagon? <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> He's been no. a living nightmare. Why? Are, yeah, him? we really shouldn't make fun of him. I rode in the Disney World paddy wagon once. That was fun. You told me that. Yeah, that's right. All right, that's it. I don't, right. I don't want to talk about 2013 anymore. It's 2014. Hey, yeah, uh, we're moving welcome, forward. Welcome back, to, uh, welcome back to the outside, though, dude. Um, oh, here's something we haven't touched on that I think could be interesting for us. Uh, CES, right? Before PlayStation Now this morning, the big news was the Steam box, and we got a couple questions about it. Matt Wilson writes in, Vault recently unveiled its collection of Steam boxes at CES, which for someone who doesn't really play PC games, presented an exciting opportunity to try out some of the big titles through a console medium. To this end, I was wondering what you guys think about Steam's ability to attract traditional console gamers, and do you think Sony and Microsoft will have to alter their strategy, especially as far as exclusives go, to contend with the new console on the market? Sony and Microsoft are already altering their strategies, and Steam isn't the only reason. You know, Some of these same issues with Gaikai we were talking about earlier yeah. are connected. It's all connected. Um is the is Steambox a legitimate uh, uh, market force? Uh, yeah, it will be. Uh, you think th- so? Yeah, I do, but I don't think necessarily in the way that we think about it. We we okay. think about something as a console success. Sure. You know, Valve doesn't care if all 14 of these pieces of hardware flop because they don't have a stake in it. What they have a stake is getting Steam out there and getting PC gaming expanded. And this, at the very least, at the very least, is a fairly inexpensive way for them to show off their brand because they don't have... Sure. Yeah, I mean, they spent a lot of money on this. From, yes, but, uh, at the, but yeah, some of these, the Alienware, may, one may do well. Um, a couple of the others may do okay enough. They're PCs. SteamOS has a lot of potential because I, I, I have a PC connected to my, to my living room uh, 
television. Yeah. And Windows is a pain to use on a TV. Uh, Mac's not any better. An operating system that's ergonomic for television use has real potential, especially if it takes me right to my games. I do most of my gaming on PC. I think that Valve's going to come out of the smell like a rose with more users than ever and make a lot of money. <sighs> I mean, my my concern with it is I don't see it attracting a casual consumer because I am a, I, I mean, when it comes to PC gaming, I am a casual consumer, right? Like, I don't know what's going on on my PC. I I bought it from Nick Cohen because I wanted to play SimCity, <laughs> and I play other games on it, and I love that aspect of it. But I would have, if I didn't have this PC in my life already, I'd totally want to buy a PC so I could play awesome games like Paper Please and whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's it's all of a sudden grape shot there's a million steam boxes out there and when we just start talking well it's just another pc well then we're back to square one of me going i don't understand pcs what fucking motherboard do i need and video card and yet da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. i i thought when this all started and i know for months now we've known this would not go this way yeah. but when it started i really hoped valve was going to come out and be like we have three steam boxes here they are, medium, you know, small, medium, large. There's obviously differences to, from that to the other. You decide what your price point is and go. Because people were already talking last night that the $600 one that's you know, more, po more powerful than a PlayStation 4 still yeah. isn't keeping up with what a real PC can do. And so it's just like, well, then what the fuck well, is it doing? I, I think what's going on, and I don't want to speak for Valve. So I'm, do it. I, you know, I may sound like an idiot here. Channel and Gabe. But <laughs> my, my suspicion is, it, it, again, it <laughs> goes back to CS. what we just heard uh, about you know, PlayStation, uh, PlayStation's new initiative. Sure. Um, playing it across everything in every way. Um, most of these Steam boxes, I think, are not going to make it. Maybe all of them in this generation aren't going to make it. But Valve is going to continue to push this idea that you're going to play our stuff everywhere on everything. Sure. And I think that's more what it's about. Um, I, I don't know if we're ever going to live in a platform agnostic world completely or not. And I, I'm not sure I want to see that because I love consoles. But we think in terms of which one should we pick from these two or three. I think what Val sees is that sooner or later, it's just going to be a matter of what we're accessing it on. Uh, right. It's going to be way beyond two or three. Which of these fairly similar devices? Right now, PC specs are a big deal. That's going to be less and less true, I'm going to guess, as, as the years go forward. Um, That's exciting. I like that idea. I could be wrong about that, but it's an idea. I hope you're right on that one, Jim. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's, there's a lot of interesting things in between the lines with Steambox, and I don't... It doesn't speak to me either. I don't really care about PC games. Like there are certain PC games that I'll absolutely positively spend a lot of time with, like Civ Six, whenever that comes right. out. Like God bless whenever that comes out. Uh, but the fact that Steam outsourced per se to a bunch of different companies that can do whatever they want with specifications says to me that they're not confident enough in the idea to spend their own money to do it. Hmm. And so it's it's a reverse idea where they're going to get licensing fees and then have a proliferation of people, hopefully for them, playing Steam games and therefore making money in every game sold. But why not just lock it down and do it yourself? If you're so confident in the idea that you think this is going to work, then you can make money on the hardware and the software. And Steam might not be readily equipped to do something like this, or Valve might not be readily equipped to do something about this, but I feel like they kind of are. And that this might be a bridge too far for them as a market proposition, therefore going to all these other companies and saying, like, well, there's a possibility we can make some money. We'll give you our source code and let you kind of attach to, to Steam itself, but we're not going to make the boxes ourselves. That, that to me, is fuzzy and indicates something. There's optics there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, think, I think there's two things. You raise a very good point, and, I, again, just speculating. I'm not sure how much Valve cares if these things succeed on a hardware end. Um, in the long run, or, or in the short run, pardon me, uh, with what we have out there right now. I know that sounds kind of productive, but, you know, hardware small potatoes. 
for them. Uh, the, the margins on hardware are so slim. I mean, in our industry, hardware sold at a loss for a very long time. Valve knows this. And uh, I think Valve's counting on other companies to take the losses to forward their brand. It's kind of, do you remember the 3DO of all things? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. The whole idea of the 3DO was that anybody could make one. Uh, anybody could produce a 3DO. It wasn't produced by one company. It was produced by multiple hardware manufacturers. And everybody and their uncle lost money trying to build the things. Um, the brand didn't work out in that case because you didn't have a software house with the kind of market penetration that Valve already has. And I think what they're looking at is they're saying, you know what? PS4s and Xbox Ones are fundamentally PCs now. More and more and more games are going to cross the divide into PC compatibility because it's so easy to port now. Yeah. And I think they're just sitting here going, we're just going to popularize the idea maybe more than we're going to popularize that. I don't know if they care the hardware sells all that much. Well, sure. I mean, it's, it's what we were talking about earlier with the Trojan mm-hmm. horse thing, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you uh, – well, first off, if you're a PC gamer right now, you already have Steam. You already love Steam. I don't even use my PC that much, right? And I love Steam. I think Steam's great. I do yeah, the same. I do the same thing everybody else does. Oh, that game looks great. Bye. Don't mm-hmm. even think about it. Maybe I'll install it later. Maybe I'll forget I even bought it, right? But you do it and you find this is like what they're this in a way is like trying just them sending out their disciples to preach the good word, right? Yeah. You're gonna it, let's say one percent of the global market share of people who are like, ah, oh, I don't have a PC, but I'll buy a Steam box. Buys it, says this is garbage, but they still get this experience of like, there's great games here. Maybe yeah. I should just you know. Buy a real gaming PC. Maybe yeah. I want to keep using Steam. I don't care about this box that sucks and I can't upgrade yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, the point you raised there, I think the point we're calling raised really smart. I just, who knows? Who knows? It's awesome, though. Yeah. They don't, they always, they're so mysterious to me. Like when everyone says, like, why aren't they developing Half Life 3? It's like, if I was them, I wouldn't do fucking anything. You know? They already have like this robust company that doesn't that doesn't have to do anything. They just have a service, and you play game and you buy games on it. I just be like, we're not we're not making games anymore. You know, like why? Why would you like why? If you have like stock in that company, if you own part of that company, if you're into that company, like why take any risks at all? So that's like why <laughs> that's like why what Jared's saying is actually really true. That they probably don't even care. Like it, like when you make so much money and your shit's a cash cow as it is, and it's a cash cow on a PC, which no one understands, but millions, tens and tens of millions of people use this thing anyway. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I mean, that's why I'm not. Su- that's why I'm not surprised that Half Life Three isn't. You know, no, no one knows anything about it. It's like, yeah. why? Why? Why would we do that? Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, Colin. Yes. Chris Brown writes in. He puts in the parentheses as always. Not the woman beater. He says beyond. <laughs> beyond. Yeah. Where's the Telltale Jericho game? Can you imagine a? Jer- I had never even thought about this. That would be awesome. A, another another point and click adventure from Telltale in the Jericho universe. T- Turtle tap. Oh man, a Turtle Tab production. Um, Playing his skeet. That would be awesome. That's not very nice, you know. So I was reading something actually online. Uh, the creators of Jericho signed a deal with CBS, like they're exclusively with CBS, like developing products Still? or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Like as of the summer. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, you know who? Knows? Jericho might come back. I'm not totally. I'm not holding my. I'm not. Ever. I'm not totally. I'm. I. I would never write Jericho, the Jericho property coming back. Yeah, there's a hardcore, small hardcore group of people that would make that comeback. Can you explain that whole thing to me? I. I've watched Jericho. I do not get the obsession. It's a great show. Oh, I love it. It's, so it's like it one of my. It didn't get to play out. I want to know how it all ends. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I, 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 I liked the nuts thing. You know that, that yeah. was uh, that was awesome. But but other than that, I I never. I thought it was kind of a tedious mediocre tedious melodrama you stop talking right now you're never yeah, coming back to the podcast trouble a here, john huh? turtle tap yeah. production i'll be damned if i'm gonna hear you oh, here man, and shit i'm gonna get Jericho. in trouble here i went to a WonderCon in like 2009 uh 
and uh, they were the crazy Jericho created a new show. I don't remember what it was called. It was like a murder mystery show. And yeah. It was only on for one season. And uh, I remember people went. It was like an empty auditorium. Like no one gave a shit. And all the questions were about Jericho. I of course remember, like, they had like they showed like an episode of the show, and everyone just sat there. And then we're like, all right, Jericho. <laughs> what is it, guys? Is it, what is it about it you love? Well, uh, I love the idea of um, there's just Jer- massive Jericho spoilers, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that. Uh, the entire show is about a corporation that manipulates domestic terrorists mm-hmm. to destroy 23 cities in the United States so that they can take over the country. I mean, that's basically what it is. So it's like – and we never saw it play out completely. No, yeah, like there's, no. there's entire part – like all we know, it, Jennings and Rawl was the company's name. And all we know is that they're the ones that like moved everything to Cheyenne for the capital of the Associated States of America and – there's this whole – the United States still exists. We've never seen it. And Texas secedes, so there's three – there's like a three-way civil war. And we never see the civil war play out. All we see is like the 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 uh, the situation in the in the Associated States with uh, Jennings and Rawl or whatever. And so I think that there was like a lot of intrigue there. It's awesome. Uh, Hawkins was like one of the great characters. I fucking love that character. Hawkins is yeah. awesome. Such a great performance. See, I want to like this so bad, but it just sounds to me like the single-player campaign for a Call of Duty game. Yeah, like, kind of that's home front. More like home front, <laughs> home front yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's you know you have to understand that I I love that resonated with me in a very specific way. I'm surprised okay. it resonated with Greg like it did, but it did. Which because I Everybody love that really, kind, yeah, I love post apocalyptic like United States is falling apart kind okay. of shit. Like, like America you, with a K, the miniseries. Like, what was that? I don't even. Do you know. remember? Oh, the, to the internet with you, my yeah, friend. Yeah, okay. I'll have to check that out. Oh, I never it's heard so awful. It's so awful. But. Yeah, I lo- I'm gonna definitely check that out. But yeah, I love like like I always make Greg laugh. Like Red Dawn was like my fantasy when I was a kid. Like I fucking okay. loved that shit. So like the idea of the United States just dis- disintegrating, but like still kind of being like people still exist and it's still kind of going, but it's not or whatever. Is like one of the most fascinating fictional plot points that you can possibly have for me. So that Jericho took place entirely around that. Nuclear bombs were in it, which was awesome. It was like, <laughs> do you do you have a Wolverine's tattoo? Uh, no, I, uh, I should get a Wolverine. That'd be awesome. I, I yell Wolverines every once in a while. Yeah. Greg and I watched the Red Dawn. The remake. New, That's the how we remake the new Okay, now, now, Red Dawn I love. And you guys probably know this. I, I didn't know this until recently watched some commentary, but the character of Walter in The Big Lebowski is based on the director of Red Dawn. Oh, John Millius? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. No, yeah. That's funny. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, I used to have well, long before you worked here. I used to have a picture of John Millius on my desk because I was like, him with that cigar. Oh, no yeah, and it's okay. him with a shotgun over his shoulder smoking a cigar. That's and I used rad. to have like a. I, you know, and then they he was involved with Homefront, even though he really wasn't. No, I'm with you guys on some Red Dawn. Totally. Anytime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the perspective you need. I'm obsessed with Red Dawn. Therefore, Jericho makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> therefore, my obsession with Jericho makes complete sense. Uh, our final question of the week is a slam dunk. Easy one. It's from Joshua. My question is, I can connect my Vita and download games through my PS3. And I can do the second screen with my Vita on PlayStation 4. But I can't seem to download and connect my Vita through the PlayStation 4. Am I missing something here? Or is this one of those not day one things? Exactly. You cannot do that in one of the, w- the weirdest moves. Here's this console that we're pushing remote play and we're pushing the Vita with, but you can't download your Vita games to it and content manage through it. Yeah, bizarre. it is weird. It is really weird. bizarre. It's weird that you can do it with PS3 so fluidly, but yeah, yeah. Not, not PS4. Uh, and have they made announcements to that m- move? Do you know, Carl? Nope. I suspect we will not hear any announcements about that until the firmware is revealed to have been alive in a few hours, and then they'll be like, exactly. Yeah, it'll be it. one of those normal 7 o'clock PlayStation blog posts about it, and then that'll be the end of and it. And I think that's mostly because they don't know if the shit's actually going to work until you know they QA it and then put it up. Sure. So, There's so many tests to go through, and yeah. then by the time it's coming down the alleyway, you got to just talk about it. They have a lot it. of shit they need to do with PS4, so it's... 
it's a great like I, I still am so flabbergasted by how good it is like when you're playing with it right like just in the menus and stuff but they got they have to fix some stuff plenty so. of problems yeah. yeah i still can't accept name requests i go in there the whole thing just comes crashing down because i got too many i guess but it's a fun system i'm waiting for more stuff like don't starve tonight yeah you're gonna play that i'm gonna come home with a cheese pizza sit down Play yeah. that cheese pizza guy, cheese pizza, pot cheese, the, oh, the pot pizza cheese place. Pizza. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought why are you going, why are you going to cheese? No. Uh, I feel like pizza. So that's the end of that. Is I can't. Any... I'm, I'm trying to stay away from pizza for a while. Yeah, no, you're, you're doing your you're, you're doing your whole 2014 health kick over yeah. here. Not not a health kick because I'm gonna we're gonna go out and probably have a cheeseburger when we have lunch. Today, sure, but, sure, 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 oh. sure. But uh, yeah, I've been exercising in the morning. See, I didn't want to dime you out on this. I made a reference earlier and I stopped myself when we were talking about people. Why? What do you? What do you? Well, we're walking on the street and we're, people wouldn't beat us up because we're big guys. Me and yeah. Jared are big yeah. guys, and I went, well, well, you and I are. And then I stopped myself. I was gonna be like, because there's this vine on my Twitter of you up there on your Nordic track, yeah, right, shirtless, the doing things. Greg, Greg and I were carrying this 200 something pound box Christ. up the uh, stairs. Uh, at our apartment and put a fucking huge hole in the wall in yeah. our in our hallway by Ooh. leaning by leaning the box against. We did the, the thing of like, all right, we'll turn it end over end, and we uh, did it, and then it did it. Colin was on the other side, and it was coming down, and there wasn't an. It, we thought we were gonna. I didn't, I couldn't see the wall, and it went right into the wall, Just right through right the right drywall. Yeah, bang, Pff, big hole in there. Crap. Did I call you back? We get that. No, I, I, I'm gonna give him till tonight, and then if he doesn't hear from, we gotta we gotta make an, another move. All right, ladies and gentlemen. If you are a contractor who'd like to patch our wall, you can hit us up on Twitter. IGN is IGN. <laughs> I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. Uh, Jared Petty is Petty, comma Jared. All spelled out. It's a, it's a clever name. Uh, this has been Podcast Beyond, the Internet's number one PlayStation podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, of course, remember, it's fun talking to you, but we only get to do it because IGN keeps the mics on. So go to IGN.com, read the articles, watch the videos, subscribe to Prime if you want free stuff. They do games once in a while. Uh, every song ends in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap-Up. It's where we play one of your musical tracks for everyone's enjoyment. Today's song comes from Harry. Hi, everyone. Hello. I don't think he's ever listened to the show before. Greetings. Here's a song from my new music project, Odessa Stairs. Uh, it's quiet and ambient, and if any of the lis- listeners listen to Podcast Beyond late at night before they drift off to sleep, I'm sure this will be a nice lullaby. It's our first song, and you can follow us on Twitter at Odessa Stairs, O-D-E-S-S-A-S-T-A-I-R-S. And we're also on SoundCloud and YouTube. The song is called A, Cal- a Calling. Close. I hope you like it. Beyond. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We love you very, very much. We will talk to you next week. Have a great year. Beyond. I just said it. I can't say it. Say it again. Beyond. Beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.